Hello and welcome everybody to the 167 podcast. It is so good to see you, to be with you, to be in your car, to be in your home, in your kitchen, in your office, in your gym. In your gym, we could be in your gym right now. We could now. be in the gym. That makes us feel like we're being more active. likely, more likely to be in the gym yeah. than like in the kitchen. Yes, no, in the kitchen probably not. Yeah, but I mean, I if I'm honest, I listen to podcasts in the kitchen. That's the deal. I Reg- do. Regardless, we're just happy to be with you. That is true. And we're so glad that you could join us today. Myself and Swen are very excited uh, for what we're going to be speaking about today. And we just want to welcome you for joining us, watching on YouTube as what a up? video watcher or an audio listener. Uh, we're very excited. And if this is your first time joining the 167 podcast, basically what we are and what we do is that there are 168 hours in a week, yep. one of those hours, maybe you're spending in a church, whatever church that may be, but there are still 167 other hours in your week where we believe there is value. We believe there is still significance and great practical things that you can put yes. in your life in order to win on a daily basis and grow in your relationship with God and becoming more like Jesus. So that's Amen. why we have these conversations. We're relaxed. We like to have fun, but we do like to be as helpful as yeah, we can be. Definitely, definitely. But listen, I, I mean, one of those hours in a church somewhere, we had a great experience this weekend in church it was great um, mm. messages were just really I thought they were uplifting and yeah. helpful it's hard um, for us to say how good the messages were because it is Sunday like we some, were giving <laughs> I just think honestly I just think I preached an amazing yeah, yeah. amazing message you, Agreed. Just, you preached a you preached a bomb of a message just dropped in blew everybody up but like in a, in a healthy loving, way hopefully in a loving healthy yeah, way yeah yeah Everyone was like in that explosion, received healing and confession. <laughs> it was a moment of glory, really. It's been amazing. Um, it's been amazing to be back in church, to be yeah. with people again. And, yeah, it's been uh, good. It's been a while, actually. It feels like we've done quite a few weeks, but but every yeah. single Sunday, it feels like we're having so much fun. And this Sunday was great. So we're going to try and speak about That's right. That's some right. of the messages that, that took place this Sunday. If, if you weren't in our church um, at the moment of this recording, um, feel free to find these messages. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll catch your message online this past week on the they YouTube will definitely channel. do that, yeah. That's right. Yeah, as well as your podcast would have been recorded. We, we put the podcast. Is your that pod- right? Yeah, yeah. We put oh, wow. Your podcast that's fantastic. Up as well. So if people want to listen to that, we've got them out there. So if there's any catch up that people want to do, they can. Do you know what I find myself doing of late? Right. I'm like, I, I'm subscribing to more podcasts. Since yeah. since we've started hosting this podcast, yeah. I'm starting to listen to other people's podcasts yeah. a little bit more. Stealing ideas. Yeah, maybe borrowing borrowing ideas borrowing no, no, but good. i mean there's nothing new under the sun so it all comes from the lord totally. but, <laughs> no but just um, just enjoying people's like their thoughts their, their conversations their opinions yeah. and yeah, it's good to grow and stretch and i mean that's what we're trying to do here exactly. we're trying to ourselves grow stretch become disciples mm. and um, learn more about the lord but also have an impact in our life and our daily walk yeah and i mean we love sunday sermons and i enjoy listening to sermons i listen to a lot of sermons but I think there's some things that you need. To, a sermon is great in the moment, and I think you need somehow to unpack it. And Very so even good. today, yeah. I think our conversation around issues of purity, mm. um, the problem with purity, yeah. or, you know, this is, it sounds good. I don't know if that means anything. I think I mean I think that's a great way to. But put it. Uh, and that we're talking about suffering yeah. and pain, yeah, and still the goodness of God, yeah, in all of that, because. You know, 2020 is the time of this recording. Um, it sounds like people in other places of the world are going back into lockdowns. Mm. Lord, may that not happen here. But yeah. we know that infections are up and down, up and down. Yeah. And it is. it has been a time where I think just on the issues that we're talking about, why I even think it was such um, messages for the season was that 
I don't know many people who haven't gone through this season with some elements of pain and suffering or at least some compromises in the area of, pro- uh, of purity. Yeah. Uh, because like we spoke about the last two weeks about burnout and yeah. um, the problems that come along with that. Well, a lot of the time purity suffers as, a relation, as it relates to burnout. Big time. Um, and I think people, we don't know how to go through and travel through suffering. Yeah. Um, listening to a podcast earlier today and, and, and the guy was saying, you know, uh, the problem with today is that we've become so comfortable. Yeah. And so we don't want, nobody wants to suffer, mm. but, you know, it's just, it's actually the norm out there. It is. Uh, so I think it's helpful for us to to navigate these topics with faith, yeah. with what's like following Jesus. And so I'm excited to, to get it, into it. You know what? It's so good how the two topics also go so well together. I love how you put, you know, we take 2020. As soon as you start suffering, you also start looking for coping mechanisms. Totally. And totally. Somet- sometimes those coping mechanisms can be things that affect our purity, mm. affect the way that we think, affect the way that we uh, talk, what we look at, what we watch, because we're trying to find a way to numb the pain. Mm. And I think for 2020, that has been a year where I think everybody has suffered to an extent, mm. some definitely more than others, um, affecting us differently. Some people financially, some people have actually gotten sick, have actually had family members get sick. There's been literal suffering for people. But what I loved about, we can maybe dive in, and, and your message and what you spoke about, was that I love it how in suffering, we've got a God who is there in it with us. Yeah, that's we, right. We've got a God who, who sees us in that moment. We've got a God who can not only sympathize, but empathize through Jesus and how suffering is not, you know, it's so easy. And this is something that, that I think we all do. It's so easy that when, as soon as we go through something tough, or as soon as we go through a situation where it didn't feel like it was a part of the plan, mm. what's the first thing we say? It's like God has left the building. <laughs> yeah. We've been abandoned. God looked at 2020 and turned his back on us. And, 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 and we've just got to deal with it and make our way out of it. But, but suffering actually, in a large extent, is a huge part of, of the plan of us actually becoming more like Jesus yeah. and the discipleship journey that we go on. But I don't want to add no, anything to what was, what was such a... No, we've really got to. We've got to. But you're absolutely right because yeah. suffering is... There are some things, uh, as I mentioned, there's some things that come through suffering that you get no other way. Yeah. Because how, we we either change because we have to, or we change because we want to. Suffering is often okay. We make changes. We grow because we we have to. There's something yeah. that's come up, and and so a lot of the time, good things will come out of difficult times yeah. if we allow God to do His work. Yeah. You know, even um, Romans twelve two where. Paul says, live your lives as a living sacrifice. Mm. And I always love that because I've said it a few times that a living sacrifice needs to climb onto the altar. Yeah. And an altar is where things get burnt up. Yeah. Even on the issue of purity. But it means that you actually have to stay on the altar. You have mm. to stay on the place of pain for a season. Mm. So that God can do His work on the altar, very good. And so suffering is one of those things. And in fact, in some circ- in some ways, it's a baptism. Um, it's a baptism of suffering. You know, Jesus brought salvation through suffering. The early church brought the gospel through persecution. Yeah. You know, there are some things that that God amplifies yeah. when we travel through trials, persecution, suffering, yeah. pain. Um, not saying that we should always like nobody desires it. No, but I think you just learn to to deal with it and cope with it. Yeah. Um, if, it's, not, it's not saying that God even is the author of it. No, He just uses it. He yeah. uses the raw material of that, and one day there will be none of that. You yeah. know, in heaven. So I, there's also a great book which I haven't read, but I've heard the teachings on it. Yeah, how um, 
it's it's leader it's called leadership pain or leader pain by yeah. Sam Chan. Yeah. He says you'll only grow to the level of pain threshold that you can manage. Yeah. And that's I think a scary statement. It is, it is, yeah. Because Especially for people who want to grow. If you want a more effective ministry, a a more fruitful marriage, you have to travel through pain. Yeah. Because if at every point you feel pain, you leave, you never grow. Yeah. And that's the same as a discipleship journey. You don't, you just, so. Well, why don't we jump, why don't we try to talk about and maybe answer a question that we've heard and that the church has heard for hundreds and hundreds of years? Is it, well, why does God allow oh, my goodness. for suffering to take place? We, we hear yeah. it packaged in different ways. Why do, why does bad things happen to good people? Mm. Well, bad things happen to all people. All people. Uh, and there's all these questions, and, and, and I love how you spoke about it on Sunday. You mentioned something that you guys had gone through. And in the moment, it was extremely tough. Mm. In the moment, it, it's hard. Listen, let's be real. You can be a pastor and, and love God and seek Him, but you also go through tough times. Mm. And, and how it was actually only afterwards that you saw a lot, of the, a lot of the meaning, a lot of the purpose, a lot of the still the goodness of God. When you were out of that season, you were able to see that. And that would definitely be my almost my story in trying to answer the question of why does God allow for things? I think the greatest thing that you can tell somebody is that God has much greater vision than what mm. we do. And but what I mean by that is, is that when we're in suffering or experiencing something, we get like tunnel vision. Definitely me. I see what's in front of me, how difficult it is, the season I'm going through. I, I can think of a very specific season yeah. in my life, leaving high school, uh, issues with parents, issues with people in my life, and just struggling all around. Just mm. all around struggling, a season that that I really, in the moment, I'm like, why? You know, mm. Why am I going through this? And that's when you start asking questions. Um, you stay faithful in that time, and you try your best to see God. And it was, it was a few years later that incidents would begin to happen around me. And I'll name, like, my parents' divorce was something tough for me. And then going into church and working in ministry, and then you start meeting young people, meeting kids who are going through something, going mm. through a divorce, going through the things that you went through, suddenly your suffering doesn't seem as pointless or as meaningless as it felt in the moment. That's it right. feels like just, I'm, I'm being hurt. Why is God allowing this to happen? Suddenly you're, you're able to provide help. You're mm. able to provide counsel. You're able to provide something to somebody that in the moment it makes their journey way easier. Yeah. And, and for me, that has just been one thing that I've held on to, that whenever there is a season of suffering or a season of going something, it's not just happening because fate has let that happen today. Mm. It's not just happening because I was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Like you just mentioned, God can and will use everything that happens. Doesn't mean he doesn't mean he was the author of it. Doesn't mm. mean that he created, but he will use everything that happens in our life, good and bad, to positively affect the people around me. And I don't know if you can speak into mm. seasons of your life where you've experienced suffering and maybe how you felt and experienced God in that moment and, and even afterwards. Because mm. it's awesome to be practical about something that you preach on and, well, this is how we feel God did it for us. Sure, sure. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm, I've, I've said our story many, many times, yeah. but I think at the bo at the bottom line of it all, I think in this generation, in this season, look, one of the key things is always finances. Finance is always a pressure point. Big time. Mm. Um, and, and even having to cut back your life. You know, Dave Ramsey says, act your wage, which I love. <laughs> uh, because we, we, we want to live the lifestyle other people are living, except we don't earn what they earn. And yeah. so we, met, you know, we... We try to live that and we have to cut back and cut back is mm. painful. Um, so there's that. And there's also anxiety and depression, which is a huge part of, of life today. And, and I, I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe it's mm. the pace of life, 
maybe whatever yeah. unfulfilled desires. I don't I don't know, but and obviously some medical actual medical mm-hmm. things that happen, and and that's all understandable. And I think those are the two big trials. I think that a lot of people within at least within our culture yeah. and our generation face. I mean, globally, I mean, you've got things of education and you've got so much. crimes against humanity. There's so many things. So you yeah. can't speak into all of them. No. But the principle still remains that, um, that you know, those things are, are in our life and we can't run away from them because yeah. they're always going to be there. Yeah. The only way to go through it is to trust God with the process mm that he actually can turn this around and mm-hmm. give you a, you know like give you a ministry or give you a a calling or give you an anointing through the pain and through the suffering yeah. and and I would rather especially to my message was that I would we're all going to travel through it it doesn't mean that God's left us yeah we can actually use that as an aspect of mm-hmm. our worship to the Lord where mm-hmm. We're willing to travel through it. We're willing to stay close to Him. We're willing to surrender our lives to Him. And we're willing to believe His goodness. Mm. Because you can, biblically, you can be blessed and suffer at the same time. Yeah, One is not an exclusion of the mm. other. And so I just think that um, we've got to get better at it. You know, there's a lot of sayings you can say, well, you can use... You can use a circumstance to make you better, or you can use it to make you better. It can be it can be fertilizer for your life. It doesn't yeah. smell good, it looks bad, but it helps you to grow. And yeah. there's all these analogies, but at the end of the day, I think I think God God actually anoints us in a secret way mm. when we travel through suffering, mm. uh, because we have authority. In that area, I think whatever you face, you, get, you develop an authority in. Yeah. And so, uh, for us, with going through depression and stuff like that, with my wife and journeying through that, we're able to be a voice now, a voice of some level of authority to yeah. other people to bring them hope in a season of a lot of difficulty. Yeah. Because now you're on the other side of it, yeah. and you can see with a better perspective. And yeah. and I think that's what we have to to keep in mind. It's mm. not like I say nobody loves it in the moment. No. It's horrible. I think a mindset that we can also get better at breaking is that as soon as I go through something difficult that Mm. I now have sinned or I have made a mistake or God's angry at me. Mm. Um, I think as we journey, we talk about discipleship. I think as we journey to become more like Jesus, I do think trials also increase in our lives. Yeah, they do. Jesus was known as the man of sorrow as Mm. well. So this was a guy who was, you know, we... She's completely perfect, lived lived the perfect life, but but he was accustomed to trial and to challenge. And that's yeah. not, I'm not trying to say not all Christians are going to live this horrible, uh, challengeful, trialful life. But if you as a believer expect to have a life that is without trial and without challenge, you will be disappointed because I believe it's because of the potential that you've got for your life to make an incredible impact for the kingdom of God. Yeah. But the, the opposite of that is that if you're doing something positive for the kingdom of God, you're now hurting the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. And we know that that Satan also has a role to play in all of this. And yeah. if he can put things in your life, like we said, God's not the order. If he can put things in your life that can make your life difficult mm. or encourage you to turn away or to walk away from the faith, he's going to do that. Mm. He's going to try his best. So we, like, we want to encourage people just with the most that we've got that, that even through those trials, God mm. is still good. You shared a great story. Um, about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to bow down to the, to the king, so they said, cool, you're going to throw in the fire. And they said, you can throw us in the fire. We're not going to bow down to you, you're not God, and God will save us. 
But even if he doesn't, mm. he's still God. Yeah, that's and true. I think when we can develop a mentality of, of, you know what, God is so good and I'm going through something, I'd love for him to take it away. Mm. I think we can all say that in moments of suffering. But even if he doesn't, he's still good. Mm. And the one, the one story that I like to hold on to is the one about the donkey in the hole. Uh, you'll know this one. Uh, this donkey fell down um, quite a deep hole, and, and there was just no way of getting the donkey out at all. They, they didn't know how they were going to do it, so they just kind of looked at the situation, looked at the circumstances, and said, well, we, we should just bury him. You know what I mean? <laughs> we should just bury the donkey. Let's fill the hole. Uh, there's no way we're going to be able to get him out. So they grabbed spades, and they began to put dirt in the hole to fill the hole and and, and to take care of the problem. And then every time the dirt went into the hole, it kind of hit the donkey's back and he would just shake it off and it would go down and then he would stand on it. Uh-huh, so he was going And correct. then they continued to throw dirt and more dirt and more dirt. It would hit the donkey, he'd shake it off and then he'd stand on it. And then they ultimately, the donkey got out of the hole because the dirt kept coming in and he kept shaking it off, overcoming it and that's how we overcame Shake, the shake, shake it off. So let's go Taylor Swift on this Come thing. on. Uh, but jokes aside, it's, it, it's, it's, it's such an awesome picture to have is that in mm. life, there will be dirt thrown. Yeah. There will be challenges. There will be trials. But if we can understand that mm. God is using it, we can use it. We're becoming better. Mm. We're becoming smarter. We're becoming stronger. And I, and I loved, I loved, maybe you can speak just briefly about, because you spoke about Gethsemane on Sunday. Mm. And um, it's such a powerful scripture. And you actually just gave a bit of the meaning behind it um, with the olives. Maybe you can share that because that's course, a, it's yeah. a brilliant, it's actually just, it's actually just the best picture to understand with the olive oil, but I'm not, you, you, you yeah, no, well, so you know, I'm, I'm on what you said, I'm reminded about a scripture one of the apostles wrote. I think it's Peter, I think it's Peter, but it could have been Paul, mm. where he said, you know, don't go through persecution and think that it's an unusual thing. Yeah, <laughs> so he's saying in the life of a believer, yeah. difficulty should be it normative, should, yeah, Good. or at least opposition should be normative. Mm. Sometimes we make we do things because we are stupid mm. in the moment, yeah, you yeah. know. Then there's consequences. Buying something without money. And we are, there's consequences to actions. Yeah. And we just done, we've done an unwise action, so we just have to own it and grow Deal through it, it and yeah. learn with it. Um, but I would say a lot of the time it is it can be outside things, and, and that should be normal, mm. you know. So let's just accept it. Yeah. And trust God is good enough to take us through it. Yeah. How, how, I love the scripture. I learned, like, I will, um, surely I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Yeah. Like, surely God is still good in all of this. And so yeah. when I was using uh, the analogy, or not the analogy, but the, the story behind Gethsemane, which mm. means olive press, mm. right? It's, it's a place where they would, um, they would, you know, grow olives. They would take the olives down off the tree. Mm. And, and the method that they would get olives off the tree is they would beat the tree or they would pick it one by one, mm. right, off. Um, and everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people enjoy olives. Mm. I like olives. I like mm. olives in my salad. I enjoy mm. olives with a little bit of feta cheese. Mm. You know, that's going to bless you. Mm. Um, even olive ciabatta is a winner. Mm. But... The beauty of the olive comes in the fact that we get olive oil out of the olive. Yeah, now olive oil is, and, a, is and a globally used product. Use it on, you know, you can use, today we use it on food. I mean, you could put a steak, a bit of crushed up garlic, yeah. salt and pepper, and you are good to go. You are golden. You can use it on chicken fillets if yeah. you want to. You put it on salad. You, mm. you put it on couscous. I mean, hello. Anywhere. On Do pasta, when you, when you smell the, the olive oil hitting the pasta, it's like it's a whole other food group. <laughs> and it's such a blessing. Um, and even in the in the in the ancient times, 
olive oil wasn't generally used for food. It was actually used as an ointment or it was used for medicinal purposes wow. and, and things like that. So there was the, the benefits out of olive oil have always been massive. Yeah. Right? It's, a, it's the healthiest oil you can get. Like it's yeah. really good. But the only way to get olive oil is through the olive press. Yeah. And that's not a fun process where, no. <laughs> where the olive gets beaten out of the tree. It gets cut literally. open. Yeah, like literally beaten. Yeah. It's cut open. The the pip gets ex- removed, mm. then it goes through a crushing process on a of a millstone and pressure placed on the olive breaks up the olive, mm. um, and then they put it through a sieve even more and they mm. squeeze it through these very fine holes so that and the word I love it is that I picked up was they extract the oil yeah nothing. Awesome sound. There's nothing Nothing awesome sounding about extraction, (laughs) right? Like you want to say, like God's extracting something beautiful out of your life. That just sounds painful. That sounds horrible. It sounds like I'm giving blood against my will. Yeah, that's what an extraction. Pulled into a room and then exactly, exactly, (laughs) right? And uh, so, so there's that that process of of extracting the oil, and then they leave it in the vat. And it separates, and then they get the oil off the top. But then it goes through a process like that again yeah. before you get to to olive oil. And even Jesus in Gethsemane faced so much pressure. Yeah. And he was just saying, Father, but your will be done. Mm. I don't want this, mm. but I want your will more than I want this. Mm. I want your heart more than your blessing. I, w- I want your heart more than your hand. And, and so he... Face this pressure. In fact, it says like he was sweating drops of blood. That's how much pressure was on him in this moment. Mm. But what came out of it? Mm. Salvation for humanity, for all who believe. Yeah. And that's the that's what God is doing in us. There's nothing about pressing, extracting, crushing that sounds great, no. refining. But what comes out of it is something beautiful that is a blessing to you and a blessing to others. In fact, your pain can be someone else's healing. Exactly. So the, you know, the 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 oil that's extracted out of your life could be an ointment. Yeah. for someone else's wounds. Yeah. And I think that's, so that's what we have to rem- I should have used that on Sunday. I should have said that. That's that's a this lot. What, well, now it's here. You, now only it's on the at 167. the 167 will you get fresh this. You got fresh. time. Yeah. <laughs> now we can time. now we can actually think about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's what I should have said. But yeah, and, and that's the truth. And I think if we can hold on to the goodness of God. Very good, yeah. It means that we travel through those things and taking it less personally. Because mm. what happens is I think people go, oh, Flip, you know what? My life is in chaos. Obviously, this Christianity thing's not working out for me. Yeah. But it wasn't supposed to work out for your circumstances. Yeah. It's supposed to work out for your soul. Very the good. The circumstances are a that's great added bonus. Yeah, very so, good. So we... Totally believe in people's blessing and want people to be wealthy and in all areas of life, relationally, financially, um, physically. Mm. But that's not where our worship sits. Yeah, our worship sits in the goodness of God. Yeah, and so whatever we come can be a good thing. It's so good. Um, I, that's so powerful. And I'm just thinking now, if I were to put my my brain, or if I had to strategize like the enemy would strategize, I think the best tactic would be to wait to somebody. Because everything is good with God when life is good. Yeah. Oh, if, yeah. If, if financially blessed. you're thriving, the too marriage blessed is doing to be stressed. Well, too blessed. I mean, God is good and, and it's all good. I would think that the tactic and the strategy would be let's wait 
till one of the challenges and the trials come that will come always. And in that moment, try to convince somebody that God isn't for them Big anymore. Time. Try to convince them that staying away from church, staying away from community is the right way to do it. You need to focus on yourself. Oh, yeah. You need to focus on whatever is, is falling apart in your life. You need to focus on bringing that back together. That will be my tactic. I just got to fix it. I've, I've got to handle this. I've got to handle this problem. That will be my tactic. And I think that is, for a large part, the tactic of the enemy. I think the church of Jesus and believers in general, I think we would see such a, an amazing growth step when people are able to understand that even if I'm going through just one of the hardest seasons of life, and I can still come to church and worship God for who He is, we're going to see growth in our life mm. like never before, because I think it's in those seasons that we'll stagnate. Yeah. And it's in those seasons where we start to stop and, and, and question and, and, and walk away. We see people walking away all the time. And, and when does somebody walk away when it's this amazing season, mm. when it's just, everything is going well? It's in these seasons of suffering, and I, and I love... I just love that picture because, and again, it's that olive, everybody uses olive oil. Yeah, we love olive we oil. We do. So, so, but it, but it's we look at the end product. Yeah, we look at that person's life. We look at how they've got it, and we want that. But we don't know what happens. You don't want to go it. through it. We don't know what happens behind closed doors. Yeah. Yeah. So Samuel the other day, I think Lara's telling me the story how um, he's got some coal, charcoal. Yeah, and um, that's going to be nice and dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and he was thinking it was something another stone. Um, and then Lara told him, oh, yeah, no, charcoal turns to diamonds. Oh, my God, yeah. So he's like, awesome. Well, can we do that right now? Yeah. And, and, and so if we just, and, and oh. Lara told him, it's with pressure. Very good. Yeah. And he's like, well, could we just put quick pressure on it and we could get a diamond? I don't think, you, I don't think you understand. Yeah, I don't think you understand it, that it's severe it's pressure, pressure for a long time yeah. with the right gases and the yeah. right exposure. Yeah. That's when you get the diamond. There's no shortcuts yeah. To anointing, to um, to bl- to carrying the blessing for mm. other people and for yourself. There's no shortcut to authority. It's it's all a process, mm. and we want we're in that shortcut. Now he was he was being very sincere and he was reasoning really well. Yeah. It's just you don't you don't you got to you got to go through some stuff to yeah. understand it, and if we're just in it for the blessing or whatever, we're going to lose out. We're going to miss out. Mm. And we've got to travel through it with the, like whether God provides or doesn't provide, he's still good. It doesn't change who he is. Yeah. Um, and I just think that we can, we can walk through with boldness and courage. It takes a lot of that stuff, right? Mm. It's not just easy. And, and so there's some pain I wouldn't wish on anybody. No, no. But one thing I've, I know a lot of people say, and I've experienced it for myself, is that in pain, and in deep pain, you actually you, you experience the closeness of God in a way that you can never experience any other way. That's good. You really, like, you realize that God is actually with you in that moment. Mm. And that, for some people, is the biggest blessing. Yeah. You can travel it's through sickness blessing. and know that he's with you. Yeah. And even when you were talking about, you know, church and stuff, I'm like, I was actually thinking the picture was in my mind was, if you go for medical care, you're hurt somewhere. Mm. You're in pain. You go to a hospital. Mm. You're not fixing yourself. Mm-mm. You've got at least a few people handling you. Yeah. You've got nurses. You've got surgeons. You've yeah. got assistants. You've got the admin person. Yeah. And that small community is taking care in your, in your healing. Mm. And it's the same spiritual, the same for our lives. That being in community... Very good. Everyone has a hand. The Holy Spirit has a hand. Mm. Your life group leader, your friend. Yeah. Everyone's got a hand in your healing. Yeah. If you 
stay away from that and you pull away from God, you're actually refusing wellness. Mm. You're just taking the easy way out. Yeah. But, I mean, we could go on forever and ever in a day, but I think people really <laughs> want to hear about the, the purity problem. Mm, I just, the I'm gonna problem s- with purity. The problem. The purity problem. <laughs> I want to I know in this accent how, how people can um, produce purity. I would carry on with the P's, but I've got no other adjectives to use. Let me try to think. But you brought a pretty, I mean, listen, it was seriously a good message. Like, it was really good. And I, I could see people were moving uncomfortably. But you know it's going well when they can applaud you when you're busy roasting them. <laughs> then you know it's anointed because nobody wants to sit there and go, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. It can go really quiet and protracted, or it can be like, yeah, wow, like this is there was so there's anointing in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but why why would you come and bring a message on purity? Yeah, I think the answer to that is I think we both are similar in the way that we don't like preaching something that we don't maybe have a conviction of ourselves and are challenged with ourselves. And I think the first place to start is that purity is something that personally I'm challenged with. And in my life as well, the moments where I've experienced almost my greatest intimacy with God were moments where I have pursued purity in my life, in my heart, in what I see and what I look like, or look like what I look at and the things that I involve myself in. So, so the why behind the message was just we can't have intimacy with God as long as we are keeping things hidden during the week. So we're, we're, doing, a, we're doing a message on worship at the moment, and, and worship is so, or series, is so deep and so wide. It's a lifestyle. It's, mm-hmm. it's not singing songs. And a part of the lifestyle is uh, what are we doing in the week when it comes to worship? And for me and, and the journey that I wanted us to start to think about was that how we value our heart, how we value what we look at, how we value what we listen to, the purity that comes with that will really affect the way that you can connect with God. So the scripture that I, that I was looking at was that in Matthew, it said, those with the, those with the pure hearts, they mm. will see God. So I'm like, well, I want to see God in, in my worship. I want to see God in my life. I want to experience Him. We all have seasons when things can feel maybe a bit dry, but we know our faith is far more than a feeling. It's a decision yep. based on who we know God to be. But I, but I also think there's seasons where we want to experience Him in the greatest way. And with purity and with understanding that pursuing purity, it's not, it's not the pursuit of perfection. Yeah. It's not the, when I get this right and I'm no longer thinking those thoughts, swearing in traffic, looking at that late at night, when I've got all of those things done, I am pure, yes. and now God can use me. No, I believe that fully it's a heart attitude. Yes. I believe it's fully about looking at what is happening in our lives. What are we giving into, and yes. what are we intentionally trying to put down? I think God mm. sees that heart, and He says, well, that is somebody that I'd love to use. In Scripture, it says, for special purpose, Good. for honorary purpose. And Good. I think we can, we can put ourselves in a place where God is saying, I want to use that person, not mm. because they're perfect, not because they've got everything, but, but they've got a heart that says, before you got, I want to put things down. So that's what we spoke about on that's Sunday brilliant. night. We, yeah. we spoke about, are there things, practically, are there things in my life right now that are taking away? Yeah. Are there things in my life right now that, that if God were in the room or Jesus were mm. in the room, would I want to keep doing it? Or are there ways that we can say, this is something that I don't want in my life anymore? And you can't change Absolutely. everything at once, mm. but you can pick one thing. Mm. And you can say, well, this is something that with the help of people, like you've mm. just mentioned, with the help of putting some practical steps in my life, I can have more purity in my yeah. heart. I think purity is a great goal yeah. for people. Um, and it's also a call to a holy life. But purity impacts intimacy. There's no Big doubt time. about it. Even in, your, even in your natural relationships, if 
if you have sinned in some way, yeah. you struggle to be intimate, like vulnerable and open mm. with the people close to you. Yeah. It's the same with the Lord, for sure. Big time. And I love this this um, Psalm 24, where uh, I think it's David. It says, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, or who mm. shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and the pure heart. Very good. Has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Yeah. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness so from the good. God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek his face. Mm. I love that. And of course, we know that Jesus is the ultimate one who has lived pure, a pure yeah. life and has won that for us. Um, but I just think, you know, there's a lot of people today who might say, like, Phil, that's amazing. I, I, th- I think purity is a great goal and I want that for my children. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still going to watch that. <laughs> yeah, but that's I mean don't be don't be religious. Don't yeah. d- come on, come on. Like yeah. what about the freedoms that we have? Yeah, sure. Or um listen, the Bible, the scriptures, they're amazing. They're really helpful in life, but they don't forget they were written like two you know, more than 2000 years ago a lot of them. Great, yeah. <laughs> we live in a different world, a different generation. Like Come on, like, do we really have to live all those things out? Like, yeah, uh, Mike, I would agree uh, completely with that statement, uh, and I wouldn't, but but I wouldn't necessarily uh, leave it there. I think one of the things that we spoke about on Sunday night was um, positional purity and then conditional purity. Okay, and quite simply, what positional purity is is at the moment we get saved and give our hearts to Jesus and accept Him as our personal Lord and Savior, we are made uh, positionally pure. And what that means is that. That even if you were to make a mistake, but but Jesus remained the Lord of your life, it's not like you lost heaven. It's mm. not like you lost your salvation in that moment. God has made you pure in a moment. Another, the other word for that is justification, that in the moment you are made pure. Um, the other side of that is, is conditional purity, and that speaks to your condition. So that speaks to the way that I'm living my day to day. And what we understand about conditional purity is that the decisions that we make with regards to like we're saying, culture is, is saying, this is what TV series needs to look like. These are the types of language we want to use in our music. Uh, the, this is what we endorse as normal. Let's not be religious about it. Let's just watch normal TV. What that tends to do when we start to come under that is our condition begins to be weakened. Mm. So we start, we start having a, we understand positional purity, but the condition of my heart starts, become, starts becoming weakened because we're allowing other things in that take the place of a pure, clean heart. Good. And a weak condition will always hurt your fellowship. Sure. Will always hurt the way that I connect with God it's and true. intimate with God. So to the people that say it's 2020, I totally agree with you. And I'm on, I'm on a similar journey where, where I've got a sense of humor that I find some things funny and some things not. And, and some of the things that I find funny might not always be the most appropriate. So I'm totally on that journey with you. But, but my, my question would be, are, do you, are you more concerned with being under God or are you more concerned with being under culture? Yeah, because it's culture, a real question. culture is endorsing those types of things totally. Mm. That's the world we live in. But God is unwavering in the way that he says, hey, you might not lose salvation, but, but there is a huge portion of your life that I really am eager to use you to do amazing things. But that is for the people that the scripture says in 2 Timothy that they cleanse themselves mm. of the latter. They, they try their best to walk away from it. And, and, and to be open and honest, there is other music you can listen to if, mm. that is, if, that is your, if that's what you're falling on. There's other series you can watch that, that doesn't have to take you down a road of temptation because, because temptation is the thing. It's, it's, if, if, it, if, it, if you lean that way, you're slightly tempted. How do you react to that? Mm. 
If you've got a slight temptation towards alcohol, having your fully stocked bar in your lounge uh, ready and waiting for you to have a weak moment, mm. I don't think it's wise. Mm. I, I think that's you saying that, I think it's you being prideful. I think it's mm. you saying that I'm strong enough to withstand, but, but we all have weak moments. Mm. Well, what, what we want to do as people is to understand what tempts us. Mm. And then while we're strong, put things in place that can lead us away from that. You were saying that you could be in a good moment today in your message on Sunday morning. You can be in a good moment today, but you don't prepare for the battle in the battle. Mm. You, don't, you don't run out into the field and then start putting your breastplate on and your sword. Yeah. You equip yourself beforehand and then you go into the battle. Yeah, you train. Temptation works exactly the same mm. way. Good. If you want to wait till... 11.30 at night after having the longest day and, and you're having fights with everybody and you're really bad way to start thinking about the things that you're consuming, the content that you're looking at, you're probably too late. Yeah, I completely agree. But if you can do that at lunchtime when you're feeling like this is the right thing to do with my life, then that's exactly it. So to those people, um, I agree with you, but this is something where we need to become more strong in our stance mm. because we if we if we let culture dictate enough of our lives i think we can look back at our lives after a year and see very few christian qualities mm. but a lot of worldly qualities yeah and even this i mean if you offer someone a, a, a bottled still water or a glass of mud what do you think they're going to drink water hopefully yeah hopefully the pure water Why, what's wrong with the mud there's water in there too yeah very good but we don't want to poison ourselves yeah and we're so aware i think people are so aware on food at the at this point mm. in time in, in culture where you want to eat like the most nourishing foods, the, yeah. the purest foods. And yeah. we, we all celebrate that, but we never think about, hey, what are the toxins and what are the poison that we're taking into our minds and into our hearts, mm. which actually causing purity. I think that's where you're coming from. Like we, we want to live pure in certain ways, but we don't want to take care of what's in our heart and our mind because yeah. we want to justify what we want to do. Yeah. And, and I, that's why I thought it was so good, even how you brought it to people and said, what is the one thing today that you need to learn to lay down mm. and, is, and to let the Holy Spirit convict you in yeah. so that you can become, like you can go through it, if it's a distillation process or yeah. whatever, to be purified. And I think purity is a brilliant goal for us all because... Yeah. It's always a moving target. It is. In different seasons of your life, it might look differently. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. so you, you do have to keep on that armor of God, like continuing to be prepared to, yeah. to fight the battle because the enemy doesn't attack you at your strong point. He attacks you at your weak point. Yeah. Even when you, you might feel strong, but you're at a weak point. Yeah. And so that's when he, he goes. And you mentioned, I think it was four, four key areas. You said um, how God calls us to flee from temptation. Yeah. Right, so she get away from it. Yeah. So don't, you know, yeah. If you've got issues, r rather don't put yourself in an environment until exactly. you can withstand the environment. Exactly. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're a social drinker, mm. again, like we also don't want people, freedom doesn't mean abuse. No, yeah. So we don't want to go on the other side and say, well, you can't have anything to drink. No, mm. no, no. It's not what we're saying. If one drink leads to a night of drunkenness. Yes. You need to learn. But maybe the one drink's not worth it. Exactly. The one drink's not worth it. Yeah. But if you can have one drink and leave it there or whatever that is totally. for you without going to, then that's great. Then of you're course. living in your Christian freedom. Of course. Um, and then you mentioned uh, your eyes matter. Yeah. Which hopefully you can um, you can expand upon. Yeah. Uh, surrender your dark corners. Yeah. I mean, that was just, that's, that's when people say, I love God. <laughs> <laughs> but this is one part that, that I would prefer him not to know about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then keep your thoughts pure. 
Um, so maybe you can just touch on maybe on either of those. And, yeah, and yeah, you I'd can love help to. Us to to carry on. I'd love to. And I think that the just before we jump to that, I think the thing that really stood out to me about this message was really the response of Jesus to when an impure thing was brought into a place that was meant to be pure. Yeah. And I think for us as believers, our our temples, our bodies. Uh, they're meant to be pure, mm. um, of, of pure purpose. That's what God calls us yeah, to. And so the scripture that we spoke about was the moment Jesus, and we won't speak long, but the moment Jesus kind of, he goes into the temple during the Passover time. And, yeah. he, and we'll know the story. I think a lot of people know the story where he creates the whip and he, and, he, and he moves over the tables of the merchants and the people exchanging money and selling livestock for sacrifice because they were in the temple mm. that was meant for worship, yeah. but they were turning it into a place where they could make a profit. Yeah. They were turning into a place where they could make some money off of all the foreigners and all the Jews that had traveled there for the celebration of Passover yes. where they could worship God. So, so quite frankly, it was they were in a place meant for worship doing something different. And Jesus' response to that was to, and, and I love this, seeing the side of Jesus, uh, was to create this whip and, and not sinning, you know, not swearing, not doing anything like that, but he had this righteous yes. anger about this is how we need to treat the temple that is meant for worship, and we need to get these things out of here. And if we look at our bodies today, our bodies are now, we have got the temple of God yeah. through the Holy Spirit inside of us. We can Good. worship God as we are. Yeah. So what are we allowing, just like the merchants and those guys were in the temple at that point, what are we allowing in our lives now that are distracting Good. us? Because the truth is there would have been thousands of people in that temple. And what the commentator says that with all the other merchants and people in there would have been so much noise, so much distraction. Anybody who was even there to worship, it would have been impossible. There was so much distraction. Mm. For us, when we allow different impure things into our lives, that's exactly what it does. It mm. creates distraction. It brings something like guilt and shame into your life mm. because now what you're doing in the week, um, if, I'm in the, if I'm stuck in something that I know isn't from God and then I get to church on a Sunday, do you really think that you're going to have this great intimate moment with God if you are just feeling so guilty and shameful of the thing that you're mm. stuck in? And, and, and it stops you from worshiping. Yeah. So for me, I'm saying the, the response of Jesus should, should put the fire under our bum. If he is so uh, intense about this thing about let's keep the pure things pure and mm. keep the impure things out, that's how we should feel about our yeah. bodies. So, so these points that's good. are really just pointing us towards that. So, so your eyes matter is so important. And I love that the scripture I use is Matthew 18, 9, <laughs> which is a fun one. It says, and if your eye causes you to sin, uh, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell, which is powerful and and. And I don't think it's calling people to to gouge eyes out, but you know what? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it, it's true either way. It is true, but the point you know, the point isn't pull your eye out. The point it's the get point get rid of whatever needs to get being get gotten rid of. The point is saying, what are you prioritizing? Yeah. Are you prioritizing sight, or are you prioritizing your soul? Yeah. And it's and it's if your eyes are are leading you to a place of sin, your priorities are all wrong. Totally. Are we protecting what we see? And we know that what we see has such a huge impact mm. on our hearts. There are there are stats, you know, apart from the Bible, there are stats that read that images seen um, even as a child can last for years, decades. Yeah, it's hard life. to unsee things. Eh? It's very hard. To, and you I, relive that. And I'm not even speaking, uh, yes, sexual things, obviously, and lust play a huge mm. role there, but there are other things yeah. that, that you allow in through your eyes. It stays with you. It, it, it almost scars you to yeah. an extent. Yeah. And, and we need to be so intentional with what we're seeing and what we're allowing ourselves to see um, because that can come in a place where it's taking away from mm. our worship, taking away from my intimacy yeah. uh, with God. And then, and then you, I'll maybe share on this one as well. It's just surrendering your dark corners. And it comes from the scripture in Luke 11, verse 36, which says, You are filled with light, 
with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. Love it. And I've met people like that. I'm sure you have mm. as well, where, where you obviously don't know somebody's whole story, but they walk into a room and you can feel this floodlight radiant effect. And I think it's, we can all become people like that mm. if we're able to say that, acknowledge that there are dark corners in our life. There are things that we try to keep hidden. I think we forget sometimes that God sees everything and is everywhere. So if I keep my door closed and it's in the middle of the night, he won't see it. He does see it, unfortunately. <laughs> we can't get away from that. But if we're able to be people that say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender this area over to you. And it's like a two-parter. Yeah. It, it's firstly, we want to, we wanna, yes, confess to God that there is sin in our lives, that, that we don't want to keep hidden anymore. We want to surrender the dark corner. But then we want to get one or two people in our life that we trust, mm. that care about us, that can keep us accountable, that can message you in the week and say, how are you going with that dark corner? Yeah. Are you taking steps forward? Or are you taking steps back? If you are taking steps backward, there's no hate here. We're all on a journey. But why don't we try that? Why don't we try to do this better? Why don't we try to have a look at it through this approach? And, and I think that's how we really surrender because yeah. we can get on our knees and ask for forgiveness every week but not actually see any practical change in our life. Yeah. I think when, we're, when we allow, yes, we want to confess to God and that brings, the, that brings the forgiveness, but really I think it's when we bring, it, when we bring people, yeah. people that we trust and love, and it's not 10 people, yeah. but that's when the healing comes. Totally. I think sometimes we worry. We're, we're, we're saying sorry exactly. because uh, because we got caught. Yeah. Not sorry because yeah. we're actually sorry. And yeah. that, I mean, that's the journey. That's the process that, be, that we all go on. Uh, and uh, so I love it. Like uh, if, if there was something I would take away from our conversation today would be that um, purity amplifies intimacy. Mm. And the converse is true, that impurity dimish, diminishes um, intimacy. intimacy yeah. I, and I love that idea because it is so true mm. in every relationship. Um, but I also think about the journey of Jesus. And, you know, he was never afraid of people who were sinful. No. He actually, he, he got into the mess he with people. He embraced it. Yeah. So, he, so the Lord isn't afraid of our impurity. Of your messiness. No. He's not afraid of the mess. He'll, he'll get right in there with you yeah but he, i think he honors your purity very good and i think he's attracted to your purity yeah and i think that is something that if we cultivate it's a difficult choice to make every day yeah um to choose the the, the right thing over the easy thing mm. um but also i think if anyone's like well, how do i know what the dark corners are yeah. <laughs> well is there anything that you wouldn't that you'd be ashamed to tell anybody yeah that's a pretty good tell that, that you've got a dark corner. Well, shame normally keeps the dark corners dark. They do, yeah. Because, because now that you've got the shame, you are now unwilling to share. Like, I'll share with you openly about many areas in my life, but if I feel a particular amount of shame about something, it's going to be much harder. Absolutely. And I might even somebody. just tell you a half-truth rather than all of it. Because I'm scared of what you think. Exactly. I'm scared of how you're going to react. So this is, why, this is not something that you share on your Facebook status. Yeah. But I can tell you right now, if you're watching this, there will be people in your life. You need somebody. Yeah. That, well, that trust for God's goodness and, mm. and, and, can, and believe in you and see the best in you and will want to help you on the journey. Yeah. So, yes, that might take a little bit of a process of finding that person. Maybe and trust. Yeah, please tell someone you can trust. A big time. You don't want to tell anybody. But, but there'll be, if, if it's a life group leader in your life, mm. if it's, uh, if it's a, just a spiritual leader or someone that is maybe a bit further along on the journey than you, mm. often I find that if it's, if it's somebody that you know is winning in this area, yeah. they're a great person to speak to. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. But if there's an area of maybe for finance that, that you're keeping something hidden or you're in debt, to find somebody that's saying, cool, well, this is, you know, this Good. is this is a way to tackle. It's a way to handle it. And and for me, that that's how you do it. It's it's 
you will have dark corners in your life. Yeah, we all do. But are we are we open? Are we open to bringing them to the mm-hmm. light? And and there is a re- yes. You're scared of what will they say? What will they think? But it's way better to reveal it to one mm. than for something to be revealed to all. Because then it doesn't just ah, hurt you anymore. That's true. Now so it good. starts hurting your family. It starts yeah. hurting uh, the people around you because you try Big so time. hard to keep something hidden and secret. Yeah. And, and we, I think we've realized and we found that that those things often have a way. That always come out. Of Always. coming out, of coming to the light. Always. So, so we need to just. I would rather. I would rather maybe go through a moment of this is a bit awkward, or mm. or I wonder what they're going to think, or are they going to look at me differently? And most often they won't. That's insecurity, and often the devil talking. But but I'd rather go through that moment and mm. say this is what I'm struggling with. Please help yeah. me. But even the power of darkness. It gets broken when you bring it into the light. That's just the truth. Yeah. Where there is light, there can be no darkness. And so yeah. the power, because we give it power by by saying, oh no, if someone finds out, that'll change everything. Sure. No, it won't. Yeah. That just all you've done is you've let you've loosened the grip of the enemy on your heart. That's and on very your life. good. That's a great point. And you brought up scripture on Sunday, which is a great one, in James five, sixteen, I think it yeah. is, where if you if you go to God, you get forgiveness. Yeah. But if you confess your sin to one another, yeah. you get healed. It's healing. Yeah. You get healed in the light. Mm. And I think that is the that is the old if God's plan for you, if he's good and his plan for us is good, mm. purity is, the devil is lying to us about purity, saying, no, 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 purity doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. No, no, no. God's plan is for purity, which means that's the most blessed way to live. That's yes. the, not just the blessed way. It's the best way it's to the live. the best way, yeah. Guilt-free, like shame-free, condemnation-free, mm. healthy relationships, healthy internal world. Come on, who doesn't want that? Yeah. Um, and so I think just the fruit of that would be so helpful. Yeah. I think I've had a great a great conversation. I hope people have learned yeah. here at the 167. It's been awesome. And I think if there's a takeaway for anybody here, it's mm. to actually be very practical with yourselves, be very intentional mm. with, with looking at something in your life. If there is that one thing, if there's something in your life that you're like, well, I know for, I don't even have to open my Bible. Yeah. I know that this is something that isn't from God. This is something that is robbing me of my intimacy, robbing mm. me of my purity. Be aggressive towards it. Mm. Uh, be ag- Jesus made a whip. I don't think you need to make a whip, but but be aggressive towards the things in your life mm. that are rubbing from your worship. Yeah. Because the longer you keep that there, the longer you are living a lesser life. Yeah. The longer you are living a life that isn't as blessed as it could be. Yeah. The best life that you could have. So so maybe it, maybe you need to have a look at your life. Maybe you need to write something down, and then maybe you need to contact somebody mm. and find somebody in your life and say, hey, well, this is what I'm trying to beat. Yeah. Craig Rochelle, he's so good at this type of stuff because he says, you know, we might have five things like that to try to kill all five in one day it's it's not going to work you know you're just not going to have that amount of power let's put it that way but but to do one thing and to give yourself Mm. you know a couple of months to to handle it and to get above it and to overcome it that's possible yeah and then you can look at the next thing i mean you say that and i think i think immediately to overuse the um the story of david and goliath yeah he he killed goliath but they defeated an army yeah and so maybe this one thing That's a very out of good many one. things. I've never heard that. I love that. This one thing you take down in the by the power and the grace of God great. can actually create a ripple effect throughout yeah. your life. I know that that's been true in my life. And yeah, me that, too. That as you gain victory in one area, it begins to mm. to continue to move with momentum. And yeah, I'm, I hope you guys have had a, had a good time listening yeah. to this and there's maybe something that you can walk away with today. Maybe you're suffering, you're in pain. Well, how can you trust the goodness of God to get yeah. you through it, to turn it from, 
from what it is into a moment of worship. Very good. Or how can you, what is the one thing that you can walk away with, go, hey, I need to, I need to trust God. I need to go in purity in this area of my life. Yeah. And I'm going to take one giant down mm. um, from this talk and, and just see victory and healing and health come into your life in, the, in that way. That's amazing. And I think it's going to be, I think honestly it will change your life. That's great. Um, so, yeah, I uh, hope you guys had a good value out of this. Yeah. Thanks for joining us at the 167 podcast. Yeah, uh, please, please subscribe. Subscribe, yeah. like, uh, share, review, review. Let us know how <laughs> we can keep getting better. We always yeah. want to get better. And, uh, yeah, thanks to all of our faithful listeners. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate it and watch it. Yeah, God bless you guys. Have a good one.